Hi, folks. This is Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots. Today, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the left-right mindset and the fact that many people have a view of politics that is traditionally aligned with the uh, traditional liberal, the traditional conservative, big government, small government, big business, small business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's very interesting to think about this because left-right politics does not exist on a flat line, right? A lot of people think that it they are polar opposites of each other. But in, in reality, the further left you get, the closer you are, in many ways, to being far right. Um, obviously, there's still huge differences between between being far left and far right, but there are some striking similarities. And so it begs the question, where we currently focus most of our discussions in terms of our politics, why isn't it more related to the way that the far left and the far right think? And I think that this is important to explore because right now we're in a time of our politics where we're not even talking about the issues at all, right? We're talking, we're having a debate in this country with the current election over politically correct versus politically incorrect uh, approaches to governing and to uh, to the future of the presidency, etc. And politically correct is not simply the, the use of non-offensive language. It's also the respect for and adoption of current political processes, uh, traditional diplomacy, um, legislative policy nuances, etc. that are kind of part and parcel to what it means to be part of establishment politics today. And so we're seeing this kind of, uh, you know, anti-politically correct and anti-establishment movement in this country. And it's very strong on both the left and the right. Um, but the Republicans have a candidate who is uh, representing it far more than the Democrats. And so coming back to this issue of left-right mindset, um, when people start talking about the issues, if they do during this election, you realize that we're in an echo chamber of sorts, right? So there are left-leaning talking points and there are right-leaning talking points. And whenever a current event comes out, the talking points start, you know, being disseminated and without people thinking for themselves, they just kind of repeat those talking points along to everyone else without any, necessarily without any uh, original thought as part of it. And this is the echo chamber, right? That the the echo chamber is when you are, you know, just hearing something and repeating it across everyone else who's already going to agree with you. And the bubble is basically being in a world where you can't even see the, what the other side is saying or trying to say. And both sides, you know, in the middle left and middle right and center tend to operate in these echo chambers and these bubbles on a regular basis um, that has benefits to it and also has drawbacks. So when we think about the, the left-right political spectrum, it's again not on uh, a straight line. In fact, it's probably more of like a horseshoe where one end is the far left and far right and then kind of the uh, the curved end of the horseshoe is the uh, is the middle of American politics. And so you actually start to see that the further left you go along the spectrum, um, or further right you go along the spectrum, the more aligned you are with the other uh, approaches and the other ways of thinking. And so let me give you an example. Um, I have talked before on this podcast about the notion of a universal basic income. 
something that I believe in. I think it's the only way to make an economy work where there aren't enough jobs and technology and automation and globalization has basically uh, reduced the amount of uh, jobs available for 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 the population. So for me, it's very easy for me to start agreeing with some far-right conservative, for example, with getting rid of the tax code, getting rid of Social Security, getting rid of the uh, the Medicare and of, uh, unemployment and welfare and et cetera, et cetera, right? Because many in many of these programs would be replaced with the universal basic income concept, right? And the concept is, again, not to go too far down this path, but the universal basic income isn't about paying for all of your life needs. It's about paying and making sure that food and shelter are basically covered. It's not, in other words, supposed to cover, you know, rent and and food, but it's not supposed to cover your cell phone bill, right? And so what is that number on the average that, you know, makes sure that you're never worrying about in the 21st century when human species has been to Mars and you're living in the richest country in the history of mankind, that, you know, we're not having anyone worry about putting a a roof over the head and putting food on the table and we're doing it in the most efficient way possible um, and saving ourselves a lot of money in, in the process. And so in order to achieve that, you would get rid of welfare. You would get rid of food stamps. You'd get rid of social security, right? You get rid of these programs. And so that's, and same thing with uh, single payer healthcare, you'd get rid of Medicare, you'd get rid of Medicaid, right? You get rid of, you know, the VA per se, right? Because these programs would be able to be consolidated in a much more efficient manner. Um, and they'd be able to offer a standard baseline quality of service and quality of life, living, living um, for all Americans uh, who uh, were living in the country and were citizens, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is, you know, just an example of how the left and right can actually more align. Now, we don't talk about those things. We, 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 we let them go to the fringe of our discussions. And, you know, that's understandable. Um, because other parts of the country aren't ready for it yet, and that's fine for both the left and the right. But the the real battle is is there. The battle of the center is is simply a battle of mediocrity in terms of change. It's incremental change. It's it's you know meaningful at the margin, but meaningless in the in the grand picture of things. It's not enough. And the echo chamber and the bubbles make it feel like it's far far more important. Um, rather than the more radical left and right, which are basically calling for a systemic, you know, redesign and rebuild entirely. I mean, you look at the system as it is, and you, you know, we're in the 21st century here. We're we're, we're operating on an operating system that's 200 years old. It makes sense to just build our programs from scratch and transition over to them, um, rather than you know incrementally improving what we've got. And that, my friends is the left-right mindset that entraps us in our current thinking today. And being able to adopt elements from each side of that mindset is critical to breaking out of the gridlock that we currently face in our country. Anyway, that's it for me today. I'm Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots, and I will talk to you next time.